to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, I got to tell you, the vaccine-related AIDS stories that are coming out right now are overwhelming. They're absolutely overwhelming. There's a ton of them, and you can't avoid it, really. Um, it's all over Telegram. It's all over Gab. It's all over these anonymous internet chat boards. It's absolutely everywhere. And I mean, I got to tell you, I, I just think that this right here is going to be hands down one of the largest red pills that people are going to be forced to take. So I want to kick this off real quick here and just read through this expose article because it's brand new. And it's titled Investigation The COVID 19 Vaccines Cause AIDS. Here's all the evidence. Now, again, I knew this a year ago, which is why I put it in my last book. It's all throughout that book. Well, I wouldn't say all throughout. It's certainly in a few sections of it. But um, this is one of the reasons, again, why I spoke out about this. Because, again, if, it, if, if any kind of a drug that a person takes hijacks your, your RNA or your DNA, or, again, your, just the, the makeup of the human body, it reeks of HIV. It reeks of compromising an immune system permanently. And the very moment that I heard the phrase spike protein, and again, we're talking a year ago, instantly I thought to myself, HIV, because that's exactly what HIV does. It floats around the body. The body doesn't recognize it. Um, of course, it's an abnormal DNA, RNA altering human cell filled with poison, of course, as we all know, because there's no such thing as viruses. But it just, uh, it, it just has a way of hiding out inside of the human body and then striking a person at, at any given time. And again, it's not one of those things where it's the same with everyone. Um, in regular, good old fashioned HIV, it can hide out in a human body for many years before the individual realizes that their immune system is compromised. And then, of course, they end up passing away as a result of either organ failure or pneumonia. Um, those tend to usually be the causes of, of a person's death as a result. But either way, let me, let me read through this here. It, it kicks it right off, and it just says Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C, and it, it runs right through it. Um, exhibit A, it says... Vaccine effectiveness doesn't wane, immune system performance does. There's a longer explanation that follows each, but I'm just for the purpose of time here, I'm going to skip over that and just skip to the titles of each exhibit here. It says Exhibit B, UK data shows the COVID-19 vaccines have a real-world negative effectiveness. No kidding. Again, if it was supposed to be effective in the traditional sense, in the way that somebody thinks of something as being effective, you would measure it by being able to watch a person's immune system become stronger and be able to fight off numerous kinds of infection. Again, this is common sense, but clearly that's not the case with this. Exhibit C says UK data actually shows the fully vaccinated have a negative immune system performance. Numerous charts. It says Exhibit D. UK data proves the fully vaccinated population's immune system performance is declining by the week. This is, this is the frightening part here, too. Um, and, and this chart is frightening. As you would expect, in any line graph, you're going to see the line go down. And it is in this particular chart. It's starting off here again from week 33 to 36. You're seeing a uh, real-world vaccination effectiveness just drop off by the time it hits week 49 to week 52. The next exhibit, Exhibit E, it says UK data shows the fully vaccinated are now more likely to die of COVID-19. And again, they've got the charts to prove that as well. Uh, exhibit F, UK data shows the COVID-19 vaccines have a real-world negative effectiveness against death. Yeah, no kidding. Exhibit G, UK data suggests some of the elderly may have already developed VAIDS. B-A-I-D-S. Yep. Uh, exhibit H, 
Public Health Scotland data shows the fully vaccinated are now more likely to die of COVID-19. This is this is a damning article. It just is. Exhibit I. Um, Public Health Scotland data shows the COVID-19 vaccines have a real-world negative effectiveness against death. Exhibit J. Public Health Scotland data suggests some of the fully vaccinated may have already developed VADES. Exhibit K. Government of Canada data confirms the COVID-19 vaccines are decimating the immune system. Wow. Yep. Exhibit L. Again, I'm going to link this article in the description. You got to check this out. Um, This this article right here, again, is a frying pan over the head of, of... for anybody, um, anybody reading this who's been jabbed is going to be terrified. They're going to be terrified, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later because I want to discuss that briefly. But um, here's Exhibit L: the fully vaccinated are incapable of producing N antibodies. It says the UK Health Security Agency has found that the vaccine interferes with the body's innate ability after infection to produce antibodies against not just the spike protein, but other pieces of the virus. Specifically, vaccinated people don't seem to be producing antibodies to the nucleocapsid protein, the shell of the virus, which are a crucial part of the response in unvaccinated people. Exhibit M. Scientific data finds the COVID-19 vaccines suppress the innate immune system. It's got links again. It's got links. It's got charts. It's got references for every single one of these exhibits. Um, Yeah. Again, this is an article to print off and take to sheriff's departments. Um, this uh, This is horrible. Exhibit N. Scientific study finds COVID-19 vaccine-linked cancer rates are sky high. More charts. And then it says closing arguments. I'm going to read this real quick. It says official government data from England, Scotland, and Canada proves the COVID-19 injections have a real-world negative effectiveness. But vaccine effectiveness isn't really a measure of a vaccine. It's the measure of a vaccine recipient's immune system performance compared to the immune system performance of an unvaccinated person. This means the fully vaccinated population immune systems are actually inferior to the natural immune systems of the unvaccinated population. Uh, It then says, but as we've clearly shown, this immune system degradation is something that is getting worse by the week and has now started to result in a negative immune system performance against death among the elderly and vulnerable in England and Scotland. A recent scientific study has also found that COVID-19 vaccines suppress the innate immune system with genetic modifications introduced by the jabs having diverse consequences to human health that include immune uh, thrombocytopenia and myocarditis both of which are autoimmune diseases. The same study also found an increased production of formation of tumors, which again is linked to the suppressed immune system that is incapable of combating certain viruses that can cause cancer. AIDS, Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, is the name used to describe a number of potentially life-threatening infections and illnesses that happen when your immune system has been severely damaged. People with acquired immune deficiency syndrome are at an increased risk of developing certain cancers for and for infections that usually occur only in individuals with a weak immune system. We therefore propose that the COVID-19 injections are causing either acquired immune deficiency syndrome or a new novel condition with similar attributes that can only be described as COVID-19 vaccine-induced acquired immune deficiency syndrome or VADES. I'm going to link again. Uh, this article in the description below. It's damning. There's no doubt about it. Uh, tons of co- you know, tons of charts, tons of references, lots of different studies brought up uh, in the specifics within each exhibit. But um, yeah, that's awful. So, with that said, let me move on to something else here. Oh yeah, well, strike that. L- let me let me mention this. Um, I think that again, this is. It, it, this is really going to be the shoe that drops here, and, uh, and it's going to hit hard when individuals start to come to the realization that 
this is what they've done to themselves. And healthcare workers, quote unquote, healthcare, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. They're not healthcare workers. Um, when they come to the realization that they've actually injected people with HIV or HIV-like poisons that permanently destroy a person's immune system, including their own, I might add, because as we know, many of these quote-unquote healthcare workers are jabbed themselves. You're, you're, talking, you're going to talk about the world's largest um, example of just mass psychosis that's ever existed. I mean, this is horrific, of course, and, and I'm not making a joke out of any of this. I think you're going to see, we've already see this, seen the suicide rate uh, skyrocket over the last couple of years. I don't see that getting any better. Um, it's going to increase, unfortunately. Because again, when these people realize what they've done to themselves and what they've done to other people, injecting children with this, these quote-unquote healthcare workers, they're not, um, they're either going to be in a state of denial excuse me, that's going to be so thick that they'll never be able to even grasp reality ever again. Or I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, I can't imagine anybody actually covering this up to any extent. I, I, I really can't. The damage has been too vast and it's occurred for, for too long now and it's impacted everybody. I mean, we've all been impacted by this. I just don't see any kind of a cover-up even sticking. I have no doubt that there will be people that will try to cover this up. They'll move along, change the story, XYZ. But again, you already have news outlets talking about AIDS this and AIDS that. We need more AIDS tests. And, uh, you know, Prince Harry suggests that everybody get an AIDS test. If trying to normalize some quote unquote resurgence of HIV among the human population, when technically HIV was gone. It, I mean, it was gone. Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. If, if that's their plan of attack, to make it sound like AIDS has made a comeback, you know, put your hands together for AIDS, everybody. You know, oh, look, AIDS, we haven't seen you in a long time. If people can't make the connection that it's the jab, that actually causes it now and has caused it. And that was part of the plan. Because again, if you recall, uh, I want to say maybe, well, I don't know if it was a year ago. It was roughly a year ago, maybe a little after that, where uh, a you know just a ton of Anthony Fauci's emails were released. And it was within those emails, and I read a great deal of them, but it was within those emails where you had do medical doctors contacting him directly saying, uh, hey, Tony, guess what, buddy? Um, looks like AIDS here. Looks like we've got HIV, uh, you know, specific characteristics to, to this COVID stuff and uh, potentially these shots as well. So what do you say? And then there would be no response. Um, let me read this too, and then I want to play a, a piece of audio from a local news outlet here in the States. This particular post came from GreatAwakening.win, and it's titled Suicide Weekend, quote-unquote, HIV edition, healthcare workers um, panicking over prospect they administered HIV, AIDS, or VADS. So let me bounce into this. And they also reference a, uh, a particular article too, which I'll dive into here in a second. But it says this, it says, it hit me tonight here in Houston after speaking to a staggering amount of normies over the past few days. Houston has a major medical center that includes $3 billion hospitals, like $3 billion plus hospitals, I think is what, they, what they're saying, uh, like MD Anderson and more. The people I was speaking to, very surprisingly, had been briefed over the prospect of having administered HIV within the Pfizer-Moderna jabs. Uh, supposedly, more information that was worse relating to the Johnson & Johnson jabs. I was pointed to this Johnson & Johnson study by a medical assistant at Baylor College of Medicine. She told me, quote, look at this and realize this study was released by the Johnson & Johnson Foundation and its total gaslighting PR meant to encourage 
medical professionals into identifying themselves for further scrutiny. Seriously, no less than 15 conversations over the days since this past Wednesday when this HIV link to VADES started circulating around research circles. They then say, These folks, I overheard many of them speaking at tables next to me as I worked and did my red pill on approach stuff. I do this all of the time. It's how I roll. Anyway, I come in for today for a few hours and it's an absolute batshit panic. The Moderna CEO has supposedly been arrested or something, and there are internet emails at some major hospitals that are legit begging people to come in and seek help. Word is a lot of suicides. And then this is all in bold. It says, Anons, in all seriousness, what happens when medical professionals that have access to test themselves for HIV, they do the test and realize they indeed have HIV and then off themselves? This is insane. These medical folks thrive on basically being completely effing detached from society as a whole, and now they can't shut up. They are panicking and demanding that I tell them everything I know. When I spell everything out to them, they are having legit panic attacks. I can, I can see it in their eyes, and what I am saying freaks them out because I am not a professional and have made connections they failed to. And now they are having to reconcile. Now they are having to reconcile some serious shit. Anyway, lady I talked to earlier had to bail because the person she was doing a peer review with had tried to kill herself. Something in the clinic, quote unquote, this seems epic. And then that's the end of the post. Here's the article that they link. Any I, I I think this person is dead right. Um, like I said earlier. The medical professionals who start to figure out what it is that they've done to themselves. And again, you know, people heard me say that at a board meeting last August, at a school board meeting. I said, you've, you've technically injected yourself with the equivalent of HIV. These people, though, are just going to live in such a state of denial that they, they're not going to be able to grasp what it is that they were actually promoting. Yes, what they did to themselves, but what they've done to other people. I really do. I, I do think that's going to be the kicker. I really do. And it's going to be awful to watch. And, and I think we're all going to have to watch it. So here's the article they linked, and it's from Mental Health America. It says the mental health of healthcare workers in COVID 19. And then it's basically just describing um, how the mental health of healthcare workers, in particular over the last couple of years, is declining. Now, what the person was alluding to in the anonymous post is they're saying that these kinds of articles are going to be coming out to, again, normalize uh, nurses and doctors killing themselves. That basically this is, this is a propaganda rollout for the realization of what they've done to themselves and what they've done to other people without even thinking about it. And again, lots of charts, lots of numbers. I'm not going to read through it, but if if what that individual was describing in the post is this again being a propaganda piece to legitimize um you know a massive uptick that a lot of people are going to start to recognize when it comes to suicides among healthcare workers i mean there you have it there's you know there's your um there's your rollout of the truth a little bit but again i mean it's just like the tv commercials or the radio commercials that you see normalizing heart attacks among youth it's the same kind of propaganda nonsense. I mean, that's the cover-up that they're attempting to um, peddle on people. And I'm not sure how many people are buying it. You know, teenage heart attacks are 100% normal. Uh, who, who's actually believing this? We, we've got hundreds of soccer players who are dead, hundreds who are dead as a result of these shots. And we're watching this. You know, we're, we're watching, people are seeing this on their TVs during... Uh, during sporting events. Not to mention, I'm recording this on Sunday, um, and today's the Super Bowl. And people watch that still for some reason. Not sure why. But, you know, no offense. If you want to watch it, watch it. But um, I can't think of a, of a more opportune time for a jabbed individual to, uh, to bite the dust, you know, right then and there on, on the field. We know how the media is going to handle it, of course. They're going to immediately turn the cameras off, go to a commercial. We're going to go to commercial break, and uh, we'll be right back. 
you know, and, and then they'll come back whenever they come back and, it, you know, they'll probably just show the, uh, they'll probably just show the announcers talking in the stands while so-and-so is being carted off the field while they're doing chest compressions on an athlete. Yeah, it's going to get worse is, is my whole point. And I, I'm not, you know, dooming here. I'm just saying like this propaganda rollout is clearly deliberate. This is not an accident. And I just don't think that, uh, I mean, I agree with the individual who wrote the initial post. I, I think that these healthcare workers are going to, are going to flip their shit when they start to figure out what it exact, you know, what exactly they've done to people. I think it's going to take some time. I think there's going to be a lot of individuals that, you know, are going to be in massive states of denial, but if their own professions and their own quote unquote leaders within their, you know, within their places of work are actually having meetings discussing these very things with their workers, I mean, they're going to have to wake up to that at least a little bit, I would think. But I want to play this too, because this particular news outlet, and I'm assuming it's somewhere in the Maryland area, uh, possibly anyway, but it's a it's a American news outlet, and they're covering how the COVID shots both aren't working, aren't effective, really. And uh, again, it's kind of the slow roll of the truth. Um, and they're basically describing how, again, with this alleged doctor that they have on, they're describing how the shot rollout for children under five is probably unnecessary. And, and the guy, you'll hear him, but he's like, maybe we should just, you know, kind of pump the brakes on all of this for kids and whatever else. I mean, I think they're starting to figure out that none of this works. None of it, none of it works the way that they think it's working. It's working as far as the enemy is concerned. We know what they're doing, but um, this is, this is again, part of their sort of narrative shift. And I don't like that word, but this is them trying to control as much of this truth rollout that they possibly can. And it's got to be even obvious to the, to the newscasters here. I mean, they have to be able to figure this out that, wait a minute, something here really, really smells. So uh, give this a listen. Well, there could be a COVID vaccine authorization for kids under the age of five as soon as this month, but it's raising a lot of concerns for experts who say it's moving too fast. Yeah, they say that there's no evidence that it would be protected. WMER 2 News' Abby Isaac spoke with the Johns Hopkins doctor who fears it could backfire and increase that hesitancy. We are really putting the cart before the horse in this situation. In an unusual move, Pfizer is seeking emergency use authorization for a vaccine that's proven to be safe, but not yet effective. This week, Pfizer said... <laughs> But did you hear that? Proven to be safe, but not yet effective. How can it be proven to be safe and not effective? How, how is that even possible? The FDA asked them to submit data for an EUA, despite trials in children under age five showing two doses failed to generate adequate protection. Many of us saw that and said, oh, okay, we're going to have to probably be waiting for some time before this vaccine came out. And I think that's what caught many of us by surprise when they said, no, no, we'll, we'll go ahead and give you the data now. Pfizer added a third dose to the series, hoping it would raise antibody levels. But data on that won't be ready until March. It's raising concerns for doctors who battle vaccine hesitancy every day. People want to see potentially any crack in science. And to me, this is a crack. You can't go out there with the confidence. The company decided to go ahead now because of the, quote, urgent public health need. I get that we're in a pandemic and I get that the timelines are different. But at the same time, you know, hopefully the FDA and others are recognizing when doctors go out to have these conversations, we're not going out to a community who, you know, is arms wide open to say, yes, whatever science says, we're ready to accept it. We're going out to communities who want to have, you know, there's a good healthy sense of skepticism. There are still several regulatory steps before authorization, but in the past, they've gone pretty quickly, like less than a month. Moderna is also testing its vaccine with this age group and plans to submit data next month. In Baltimore, Abby Isaacs, WMAR2 News. A crack in the science. Please. A crack in the science? No, homie. No. That's a full-blown damn break. The dam is broken. It's completely burst open here. 
It's a slow roll and a crack in the science for these lunatics who haven't been thinking and have just been, again, I've been over this before, the mentalities of these medical doctors. Just, you know, just push it down their throats. Just give it to them. Just stick it in their body. Yeah, that's all they need. Again, they're not thinking people. They aren't thinking people. They can wear all the lab coats they want. They can have closets full of stethoscopes. It doesn't mean there's anything between their ears. That's the biggest problem here. And again, this guy is slowly starting to see something that uh, doesn't make much sense to him. And I don't think it's, I mean, it's not going to improve. He's going to be one of these people, again, that isn't going to be able to come to grips with what's going on. or. He's, again, slowly starting to come to grips with it, but, eh, you know, he might just end up throwing himself off a bridge. Again, just to, you know, just to double back, I, I, I do believe that that anonymous post um, really says it. These people are going to have a tough, tough time moving forward. They're going to have a real tough time. Well, we just didn't see it. Well, we didn't see it. And then they're going to meet somebody who's going to go, we saw it. We saw it the day it started to happen. The day it started to happen, we started to notice this in December of 2020, January, February, March of 2021. We started to speak out about it, and you called us conspiracy theorists. You called us names, said we were crazy. This is this is the this is going to be the unavoidable divide, I think that's going to exist. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. This is not, this is this is getting worse. This is not going to improve. Here's another post I wanted to read. And again, it, it perfectly defines all of this, I think. Um, in particular, again, when individuals are, are getting on these boards and they're describing the mentality of the medical doctors who they're communicating with about this, in particular in relation to their own family members who might be ill or you know becoming more ill. This came from... Uh, GLP, Godlike Productions. It's a great anonymous chat board as well. But it's titled, So My Dad's Cancer is Back with a Vengeance. Now listen to this. It says, quote, So my father had a bout with prostate cancer. He did the chemo, the hormone shots, and finally had his prostate removed. He was declared cancer-free in 2019, and his quarterly PSA checks have been confirming this. Now my father, who was double-jabbed, but not boosted, just called and told me that the results of his new test came back. New, I'm sorry, newest scan and checkup came back. He is eaten up with cancer. It is in his spine and it's spreading to other places. It is aggressive. He didn't have this seven months ago with his last checkup. Six months, completely fine in August of last year, now here in February, completely eaten up with aggressive cancer. His doctor said it's abnormal. Yeah. No kidding. Even Dr. Madej has brought this up, that in the resurgence of, of cancer among individuals who previously had it, that when they conduct autopsies, the organs of these individuals just look like goo. They're all mixed in with one another, and you have organs in places where they wouldn't normally be. And she was even describing again a while back how it's just... It, 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 the inside of the human body just doesn't look the way that it's supposed to look at all. Um, they even have a hard time identifying organs in some cases. Uh, it continues, it says, I know this is anecdotal, and I have no proof that this is the work of the shots, but everything I've read tells me this wouldn't be possible without the help of Pfizer. I'm pissed. At least I've talked him out of the booster. I don't know what else to type. I'm just devastated. Okay, that is all. Unquote. Yeah. If a doctor is calling it abnormal, the doctor has got to be able to make the connection between the jabs and the resurgence of cancer. And see, that's going to be an interesting thing going forward, too. I wonder if that's going to be step two in this slow roll of the truth, so to speak. Because right now, of course, the, the mainstream media, of course, has been involved in this, all of this tyranny since the start. But them covering HIV related to these shots, I think, is next to impossible. We know that they're rolling out propaganda. Um, and, you know, there's more TV commercials, like I said earlier. But 
I wonder if this cancer stuff isn't going to start increasing too. We're going to start seeing more cancer commercials as if we, you know, didn't already. Um, and same thing with radio ads. And they're just going to, again, roll that out as much as they can to, again, normalize that uh, cancer's on the rise and we can't for the life of us figure out why. And I got to tell you too, and, and I'm going to kind of go off the rails here a little bit, but, and, you know, ask yourself the same question, I think, and, and see if you arrive at a similar conclusion here. Not telling you how to think, just roll this around your brain pan and, and, and see what you think. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to this entire subject that I've been discussing here in this episode and, and cover with regularity, as you all know, where are the, where are the pseudo-conservatives who, who have radio shows and get paid tons of money? Um, they, they all have to be controlled. They must be. I honestly think, again, this is the subject. It is. You know, the su I'm, I'm tuning my own horn now. I'm fully going to admit this. Um, the subjects that I'm bringing up on this podcast, I'm just not hearing with any regularity, in particular, you know, from, from these, uh, I don't know who they are really anymore, the Stephen Crowders of the world. And uh, certainly Ben Shapiro's not touching this with a 10-foot pole, but people flock to those individuals expecting to hear, you know, the truth about what's going on. And all I, all I say to myself is, is I, I'm shocked people are still listening to that because there's so much that they're not covering. They have a responsibility, I thought, to, to actually spend some time on this and to cover this. Uh, I'm glad Stu Peters is covering it. I mean, my God, he covers it almost every single night. But the number of individuals that are out there that have a massive megahorn and, and could be covering, again, the research, getting more specific and trying to stay ahead of the curve on this subject, the, the vaccine-induced AIDS, the, the resurgence of cancer, as I've just mentioned, you know, on and on and on. Um, I'm just hearing a lot of people hold their tongue and, you know, they go, well, let's talk about CRT again. And then they're back on that. We got, we have to, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best here as, as a, you know, as one dude running this whole thing, um, trying to stay ahead of the curve the best that I can on this particular subject and, and toss out some ideas, you know, for, for people to think about, because again, the word manipulation in this entire mess is is so is so necessary for the enemy to use and it's so necessary for us to be able to recognize it that if we don't um we're not going to be able to tell people what's really going on i'll give you another example i i tossed this out on gab a while back i said not that long ago a few days ago i think i said uh you know word usage matters people are calling this um, it, calling these trucker protests in Canada and, and, and these, I mean, these are not, you know, I, I would take it further that these are not protests even. I would say that they are flat out demonstrating their freedom, their independence, and their sheer will to fight against totalitarianism. That's what it is. But there's people, all, again, the, these pseudo-conservatives saying that it's about vaccine mandates. No, it's not. It's about totalitarianism. That's what the, that's what they're that's what they're protesting against. They're protesting against the destruction of themselves, their families, and their fellow citizens. It's not about vaccine mandates. That's such a small piece of the pie. The entire pie is totalitarianism. That's that's the deal. Again, they I even said this. You know, they want the citizen the government wants the citizens of Canada and all of us and all of the you know evil people who are quote unquote in charge so they think they want us dead they want us dead and we want to live that's what these protests are about now it's not people you know carrying signs because of this issue or that issue the issue is life and death that's the issue and i th and i think much like the jab rollout and what we're seeing from a historic perspective regarding all of these shots. In the future, I can't for the life of me expect a single human being to receive a needle in their body for anything ever again. 
I would not be surprised if the word vaccination ceases to exist in the future. It has to. Because again, with all of this slow rollout of the truth, who in their right mind would walk into a doctor's office now and be like, yep, you got a new shot for me? Give it to me. Too many people are waking up, and again, too many of the jabbed are dying. So they're not going to be around to get more jabs. And uh, yeah, it's just going to get messy. In fact, let me read this post because this is hilarious and sad at the exact same time. Uh, my aunt tossed me this, and she got this on Facebook from an individual who used to be a history teacher in the town where she grew up. And I posted, <laughs> it's just awful. I post this out on Gab. The guy's name is Richard Dole. And here's what he put out on his Facebook page. And he attached a picture of uh, the skyline from the hospital where he got his jab. And he, he got a number of jabs. So he got four in total, as a matter of fact. He's decided to take four. Uh, you can't make up this level of stupidity. It says, quote, I got my second Pfizer booster shot yesterday at OSU facility on the east side of Columbus. It was the closest OSU facility to my house that offered the booster. Everyone that I talked to was very pleasant and helpful. The booster shot was given on the, fort, on the 14th floor of the hospital. I've included three photos and the view I had as I waited for the required 15 minutes until I was given the go-ahead to leave. Uh, I should have walked around the circular building to take photos of the skyline of downtown Columbus, but didn't think about it until my drive home. Other than a slightly sore arm that has since gone away, there were no side effects except for a big smile after I received the shot. Unquote. His second Pfizer booster. This dude's four deep. He's four deep, and he thinks it's a good thing. Again, that's an example of a person who's not going to get it. It's going to take their death and the clarity that death brings in order for him to understand what he's done and how his entire life has been a complete lie. And the end of it came by his own hand because of the brainwashing. Now, I have to read these comments because there's only about four or five of them. Uh, there's five comments. But this is, a, you know, this is another example, too. If I were to knock on old Richard Dole's uh, front door, assuming he's still alive, and, uh, and print off this, this screenshot that I have, again, of, of this gab post that I made, and the comments associated with it, and just have him read it. Just say, Richard, I'd, I'd like you to read this from top to bottom. You can read your post first if you'd like. Uh, you can read mine. But I'd like you to read it, and then read the comments, and then tell me what you think. And, and just get his reaction. Uh, I, 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 I honest, uh, honest to God, that right there is something that somebody's got to get on camera. And I'm not enjoying any of this. I, w I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm not, a, I'm not enjoying any of this, but the looks on people's faces is, is going to be something that is, is going to be out of this world. The first reply to my post about this, which is, <laughs> which is where I said this. I said, my aunt sent me this. This guy was apparently her old history teacher. Uh, she just saw this yesterday on Facebook. Quote, unquote, second Pfizer booster. Yep, you read that right. Four shots total. He'll be dead in the next few months, guaranteed. Now, here are the comments. The first one says, "Bye bye The next one says, let the fools take the poison. The more the merrier. Once they're gone, the world will, come, will become a far better place, guaranteed. Again, it's pretty cold-blooded. The next one says, and you're telling us this because let us know in six months when the strange illness starts. That's the, that's the next comment. The next one says, another unfortunate who doesn't pay attention. Not doing so is deadly these days. And then the last post says, legit, are you going to get tested for AIDS now? Question mark. Each one of those posts is a rabbit hole in itself that would, that would take an individual so, so deep in, into a level of truth that the jab just cannot comprehend. They, they can't comprehend it. Now, this next clip I want to play 
um, again, is just a quick little few words from Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who I know his hands are full right now with the uh, tyrannical government that is the Canadian government, but um, he hits the nail right on the head, and I absolutely love it. I love it. He's flat out calling it murder. He continues to speak truth to power here. I love this guy. Um, <clears throat> I trust him. I, I mean, he's he's been at the forefront of this. He's been screaming at the top of his lungs that people need to stop taking this. He's 100% right, and he's calling it murder. He's making some people squirm in the room, I'm certain of that, because some of them are probably jabbed. But who cares? The point is, is that's exactly what this is. And getting things like this on the record, is it matters. It absolutely matters. Because again, the people administering all of this are culpable. So give this a listen, because again, he hits it out of the park. The science is settled. There's an overwhelming consensus that nothing worked. Nothing could work, nothing did work, and nothing will work. That includes the vaccinations, which are not just unnecessary, experimental, untested, and are actually killing people. I want to take this moment to point a finger directly at the principal cause of why we're all here today. And it's not the government. No. <coughs> It's us physicians who have been intimidated by our colleges, both provincially and internationally. If physicians had not been intimidated by the very body that is supposed to protect you from me, if they've been allowed to speak their mind without the threat of losing their income and their positions, then an individual patient, such as you and me in a closed examining room, would have been told the truth. The truth. They have been denied that ability to do that. We have had that for centuries. The two principal medical ethics have been trampled on by this government. First do no harm and informed consent. First do no harm has been trampled on. The mandates have killed, as we've heard, more people, many more people than, than they've saved. But informed consent, I would put it to you, how can you give informed consent if you are not informed and you have been denied information intentionally by the colleges that are supposed to protect you. So I say this, putting a point on it, the colleges of physicians and surgeons across this country and internationally are co-conspirators with government in state-sanctioned murder. Thank you. Thank you. There's not a lot I can add to that. He's 100% right. I don't know what else to add. Um, he, you know, he's been hitting the nail on the head for a very long time. I've been listening to him now for, I'd say, at least a year. And uh, and, and he was out in the forefront and, and rather vocal about this from, from the get-go. And God bless him for doing so. Um, to, to sort of reach back, however, into K-12 and higher ed, if you take what he said, all of the school boards, as we know, then are culpable in all of this. All of the administrators, everybody. They're going, I mean, they have to be sued into oblivion in the future. They have to be. But then, of course, the question remains, have all of the legal avenues in order for someone to actually sue and do so effectively, have all of those been tied up perfectly? With all of the I's dotted and all the all of the T's crossed, so that everybody can't sue when the time comes. Because again, is this going to be one of those things that individuals are going to be able to comprehend? I, I just don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if there's a way out of this. But here's an, I want to. This is the last piece of audio I want to play. Then I'm going to come back in on the other end of it and just wrap up. Um, this is another avenue that isn't being discussed with any regularity. And I wanted to play this audio because it's, it's, again, it's perfect, I think. Um, and it has to do with the business of these COVID tests and giving your DNA and children's DNA over to foreign, you know, national slash foreign companies um, in order to harvest that DNA. And do parents and children in these schools and these administrators actually know any of this? And of course, we know that the answer is no, they don't. They don't have any clue that they've willfully participated in the farming of DNA and the distribution of minors' DNA and their own DNA to God knows who. Now, this audio comes from Talk Radio TV, 
out of uh, Britain, if I'm not mistaken, and it's hosted by Julia Hartley Brewer, and she's talking to a woman by the name of Madeline Stone, who is uh, a lawyer and policy officer, or legal and policy officer, rather, with Big Brother Watch. So give this a listen. Um, It is absolutely extraordinary that companies think that they can get our DNA in this way and then go on and sell it for monetary purposes, not not for health purposes. Otherwise, they they wouldn't be selling it, would they? They would just be giving it for medical research. But without our permission, this company has my daughter's DNA because she was legally required to get this test. And and they didn't ask my permission. And they're going to attempt to sell her DNA. That's an absolute outrage. It is an absolutely staggering breach of privacy and a, a breach of trust. I mean, as you as you said, there is no data more sensitive or more personal than your DNA and your children's DNA. I mean, it appears from the privacy policy where this you know this information was buried, you know, in a five thousand word policy that you know probably no one's read until now. Um, that even children's DNA doesn't have any, any safeguards or protection and it's being stored potentially indefinitely, um, used for uh, research or, or sold to third parties um, without, without you know, meaningful consent or, or even knowledge. So it's a, it's a staggering violation and it's absolutely disastrous for public trust at this point. Well, indeed, and, and especially if you know, people have been required to get these tests legally, so it's not even they've, they've done them because, oh, I just feel like getting my child tested. We've had issues over um, police DNA databases where people's DNA has been taken and, uh, and, and kept, even though they're you know, perfectly innocent, but that's sitting there on a database. Wasn't there a decision that actually it had to be destroyed because it, it, there was no right for the police to keep it? Um, how on earth could these organisations keep our DNA when the police go? I mean, it is likely to be unlawful, and that's why the Information Commissioner is investigating. I hope they take it extremely seriously, because in a pandemic, um, there is nothing more critical than people trusting the testing. I mean, understandably, this could lead to people having second thoughts about about taking these tests. You know, I can see why people be worried about what's going to happen to their most sensitive uh, information. And as you rightly pointed out, um, the reality is that many people had no choice but to take these tests. Um, there were threats of fines of up to £10,000 if you were travelling from abroad. And, you know, some people had no choice but to travel um, during this time. So the government is not keeping up their end of the bargain. If you're going to take this kind of coercive, punitive approach towards testing where you're holding these massive fines over people's heads, but at the same time, you're not working with trusted suppliers who, you know, they've checked out the privacy policy, they've checked out how exactly. they're using this. The government has a responsibility here too, and they've really let everyone down. And, and let's be honest, it's not like these companies haven't made enough money out of us already. It's bad enough that the government didn't insist that there was a, a, a price uh, cap on, on these tests. I mean, again, like other countries, they're free. In France, the tests, you know, if you travel, because if, if it's vital for, for the nation's health, then these tests should be free uh, at the point of use. Um, but, but they were allowed to make extraordinary profits. Um, uh, and, and profiteering, I mean, which should be illegal in these sort of situations when it's something required. The government allowed that to happen. And if they allow them to make further money using our DNA, and again, you know, that DNA, I mean, is that going to be sold uh, anonymously or is, someone, is, or is some random company going to have my child's DNA be able to identify her via it? Um, these, these are serious, serious privacy issues, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's particularly galling for many people they have had to pay for the privilege yeah. of having DNA stored you know not only are they stolen stolen yeah exactly they're having you know this kind of database of DNA is worth you know potentially billions of pounds so they've made money twice here from you know millions off of these tests and they're potentially selling this yeah absolutely Um, well listen all I can say is if if there are any lawyers listening if you want to start a a group a group civil action against this company I'm very happy to take part I'm absolutely furious about this Expecting a lawyer to logically take up such a case, I, I think, is um, not likely. It's just not likely. If you were to even approach this with anyone uh, at the local level, w- within a school or a police department or whatever, the business of DNA harvesting, they would look at you like you're a crazy person, when in fact, it's a very real thing. It always has been. It's a very, very real deal. I mean, we're talking about lines of work and schools and colleges all over the world 
that have forced these tests on people, for example, and they believe the tests, they believe that the tests are real. If, if a person was to even bring up DNA harvesting, there, there's no chance. That's a, that's a completely separate wavelength and another dimension of thinking that they would not be able to grasp whatsoever. So, yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of stuff, but again, I think that the propaganda, just to sort of summarize here, I think the propaganda rollout of, of all of this VADES talk and cancer talk and XYZ, it's going to be interesting to see going forward what they plan on doing with all of this because we've got to, we've got to scream it from the rooftops. We have to. Those of us that are awake, we've got to use all the outlets that we can to continue to bring this to people's attention, whether they want to hear it or not. You know, we can't be concerned with whether or not people are quote-unquote ready to hear it. We just can't be concerned with that. We have to get people to understand that this can't continue. People are dying as a result of all of this. It can't continue. And the people who have done this to themselves, if they come to the realization of what they've done to themselves, it's going to be an interesting time going forward. That's putting it mildly. Uh, with all of that said, I'll catch you on Wednesday, everybody. Take care, and God bless the truckers for what they're doing. They're not leaving, and I love it. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless.